Hey hikers, welcome to the Thruer Podcast, where we talk to new and experienced long distance or through hikers about their adventures on and off trail. I'm your host, Cheer. In this episode, we get to know experienced hiker Keith Kane, or Booney, who hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2020. During our discussion, we get into a debate about cold soaking, money-saving tips for trail preparation, why reaching the northern terminus was one of his worst days on trail, and the matrix move that saved his life, among many other things. Booney is also going to be a trail correspondent this year for Thruer because he's going to be hiking the Continental Divide Trail, so we are very excited to follow along with his adventures in 2021. Enjoy this lively and often hilarious interview with Booney. Hey guys, um, let's welcome Booney to the podcast. Hey Booney, how's it going? Booney is doing very well. Thank you. Awesome. Good to be awesome. here. So good to have you. I'm um, excited you, to talk you. to you um, because you hiked the PCT in 2020. So this is going to be a great perspective for our listeners. So um, just for the purposes of um, explaining this to the listeners, I know Booney, you and I have already talked about this, but the progression of the interview is going to go, we're going to start with the intro. So Booney, you can introduce yourself. Um, and then we're going to go through our rapid fire questions. So these are meant to be kind of like short answers. If they become longer, that's okay too. But just for the purposes of our listeners to get to know you a little bit better in a fun way. Okay. And then we're going to move on to our 10 questions, which, which will be the bulk of the interview. And I came up with these 10 questions with some other hikers to try to encompass a through hike and the feeling of a through hike. So um, if you think I've missed anything, if you think I haven't asked a question that I should ask to kind of encompass your through hike, um, you'll have a chance to talk about that after the 10 questions. So anything yeah. you want to add, please do. Um, and then I'll probably come up with follow, um, follow up questions as you talk. That tends to happen a lot. Sure. <laughs> so um, that'll probably happen. Yeah. And then um, for our closing, uh, we'd love to know where we can follow your adventures in the future. So with that, Keith or Booney, introduce yourself. Well, hello, I'm Booney. Um, I hiked the PCT on uh, 2020 uh, last year. So it was super interesting experience. And that's how I came about to find through her and wanted to be a part of it. And that's what landed me in the seat today, the hot seat, the rapid fire seat. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And um, you said you were from Southern California, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm in Southern California uh, in Newport. Um, I landed here. Uh, my dad was in the military. I was in the military and was stationed uh, at Camp Pendleton. Um, then I got out and I just stuck around Southern California. And so I remained. I couldn't leave the beach and the mountains so close. Right. I know. That's the beautiful thing about Southern California. You got yeah, both. Super. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so let's get into our rapid fire questions. These are just meant to be fun. Um, so this is, this is actually a good one. Grossest thing you did or ate while on trail. <laughs> it's getting the grossest real. <laughs> thing I did or ate. Um, I could possibly still be doing the grossest thing. I have yet to wash my down jacket. I actually, and I still wear that thing. I wore it yesterday. I wore it the whole PCT, didn't wash it once. 
haven't watched it since I've been back. I, I still rock it. And it does have a smell. And I think I like it, you know? I think I've grown fond of it. And so that could be it. I have not washed it. I still wear it like out regularly. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't tell people per se, but yeah. Um, so that could possibly be the grossest thing. I love that. Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, so hello, yours truly hey, over here. <laughs> I so I think I waited probably six months to wash my sleeping bag. I never wash my sleeping bag on trail ever. And, um, also my down jacket. No. So it took me like six months to actually. Nice. I'm glad. I feel like good company. I mean, good company. <laughs> I don't think we're the only ones either. I, I personally know a couple people that I hiked with that. I've heard so, of folks like putting same. their pack like in the garage and not opening it up again for like a year. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just interesting because it's def it's part of my wardrobe, my regular wardrobe. And I just sometimes I think about it, not often, but sometimes I'm like, what if I told this person next to me? that this little piece of, of apparel that I'm wearing has not been washed in almost two years. It's been across the country and uh, it does have a musk to it. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Well, you're not the only one. I'm glad. I'm yep. glad. You're, not a bit the of relief. Yeah. you're in good company here. You provided some relief <laughs> this morning. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next question. UL or don't care? Um, I think I'd be some kind of hybrid. Uh, I have all, I have my philosophy on gear um, is kind of different than most probably. I think I, people either are always searching for like a good deal or somebody wants the lightest uh, and everyone's concerned. This is like, I don't have a ton of money, but I want a good piece of gear. So I'm willing to do whatever. And I think that for a new hiker coming on, if they're worried about the expense or the expense of a piece of gear that they really want is stopping them from getting it. My, when I went to buy all my stuff and I got, I got some help as well. Um, but I, I picked out, say you want a piece of gear. That's like 600 bucks is like the big, nice one. And you're willing to spend 250, 300 bucks on whatever, but not that that's 600 kind of whatever seems out of, seems out of like the ballpark, not going to do it. If for two months, if just like for a month, you didn't eat out, you just did not go out to eat. And you, every time you thought about it, but you didn't, you just put 20 bucks in a jar in a month, you would have that extra 200 that you weren't willing to spend. And you just add that to what you were willing and boom, get, go out and get the piece of gear that you want. I was not going to be uncomfortable because I was going to be worried about a piece of gear failing. That was uh, something I didn't want to do. So I spent, um, I got all nice gear, you know, and that wasn't, but I worked for it. That was my philosophy behind getting them. And that's how I got them. And that's what I would encourage people to do. Just save up and get whatever you need. So I guess I do care, but I also don't. I also would carry stuff that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, you just did not need as far as a UL person is concerned. Um, so if you looked at me, you'd met you'd be like he's maybe like you well, but I don't really care because I'll bring some very ridiculous things. Um, so it wasn't. It's I'm not like a graham cruncher guy, but I do have lightweight stuff. 
Okay, we're going to get into gear later, and I want to hear about these ridiculous things, okay? So that's okay. to come. But um, I love what you said about saving mm. for the pieces that matter, um, and your tactic is great, too. Um, maybe don't go out to eat as much and I'm put that $20 you, in, a, in a you know pot, whatever. It's insane, and I realized that when I stopped, when I stopped eating out, I like, it was absolutely wild to see on paper how much a month would just go to, and they just don't really realize it. And it was insane. And it like that whole, and I, all I really wanted to do is buy some nice stuff. And it's really like kind of changed how I look at eating out as well. Cause half the time it's really not that good. Right. It's just lazy. I'm just right. lazy. You know? <laughs> yes. Healthier so too. You eat it yeah, <laughs> for sure. Without a doubt. Um, so it's, it was, kind of cool and it's really every time I still use it today if I want to buy something I'm like all right you know like I just cut a couple things out and it's so it's helped but that's what I would help that's what I recommend and not one person is like oh yeah like I don't eat out you know what I mean no one says that or like I hope we couldn't save a couple bucks on that front Mm -hmm. and you and you really could and you could put it towards whatever you want but Right. Yeah. A lot of people I found ask about how do you save up for something like this? So that's, there's a tip right there. All you new hikers, <laughs> straight oh, for Boonie. Thank you for that. Write that down. Write that yes, down. Yes. Write it. Jot that one down. Put that on the fridge. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Next boots or trail runners. This is a hot debate. I don't know why it is. It's always the runners, man. <laughs> I don't know why yes. it is. We got the um, diehard over here. Yeah. Um, I'm a speed goat for life guy. I'm a speed go guy. Um, boots, I'm heavier. Um, so I didn't necessarily, some people would, I don't know, for me, I'm an athlete. Uh, so I, I know my body pretty well. I got strong ankles. So I, I'm not worried about the rolling, which is a concern for that. That's just not one of mine. I think if you have uh, weak ankles and that's a concern, then maybe a, a, a high top or higher boot would be the support that you'd need. Um, other than that, I think it's preference, but in the Sierras, I was charging, I wasn't worried about river crossings. It was low. So I was my philosophy through that. I got seal socks and I was just walking through, I was, I was getting wet. My shoes would dry out in an hour. I wasn't, wasn't really worried. And so I charged, that was my philosophy. So I didn't need it for cold, you know, it wasn't like a boot thing. So for me and the times, they times in the, like the volcanic, uh, parts of trail. Yeah, dude sucked for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. But for those X miles versus the miles that you're not needing that boot kind of thing, it's just not worth it. So for me overall trail runners. Okay. Nice. Yeah. The volcanic rocks, a good point too. Um, oh, in, Oregon, suck. in Oregon, yeah. <laughs> they it's, ate it's... my shoes, but luckily I think right after that I switched out my shoes so they were kind of on the older side mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me so it actually worked out but I can't imagine getting like newer shoes and then going through that section that would just suck <laughs> yeah this is the worst <laughs> I mean yeah your shoes are gonna be shredded at the end it's just a tough part you know it's a tough part on on your that on your shoe and that piece of your gear mm-hmm. so it is what it is you know you can't you gotta go through it yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. You mentioned, um, like rolling ankles and weak ankles. And I know you don't really have that problem much, but I, 
I do. Yeah. And I, I still went with trail runners most of the way, but, mm-hmm. and I get a lot of questions about this too. And I just say, as long as you have your trekking poles, like yeah. those save you a lot. That was just my experience, but, um, I never did a high top shoe and I was fine. I barely yeah. rolled my ankles, maybe like one or two times, but it wasn't a big deal. So oh, that's the thing. I roll my ankles all the time as well. If you, oh, saw... you do? No. Nah, oh. I mean, it looks, it probably, if you saw me, you'd be like, Ooh, but like I catch it, you know? Okay. It's, yeah. I don't ever, I didn't roll my ankle. Like, uh, I've never had, I think I've had one ankle injury and it was like in high school, never on the trail. You know what I mean? Um, but I do, I, I catch myself, but I think I would in a boot regardless. And again, it doesn't lead to any kind of injury. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's like anyone else really would. Yeah. And I think you mentioned too, like you, you were an athlete, you know, your body. So I think that really helps too. It does. Yeah. I'm wildly fortunate. Um, for that, even, even when like exerting yourself or injuries to push it, like, Ooh, are we, are we doing too much here? Like reel it back, uh, and different types of preventative things, which I think is what I learned is wildly huge to keep in mind is preventative injuries. Yeah. Things to, to practice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. All right. Last rapid fire. I think I know the answer to this one. <laughs> stove or cold soak? Oh man, stove, <laughs> stove, yes. stove, stove. I stove. knew it. <laughs> so get out of town. The cold soaking. Oh, stop it! Everyone's so miserable. I don't know why it's so silly to cold. I mean, go for it. You know, you will, guys. You're not using my fire. I know. I know that. Can't borrow anything from me. Don't look this way. Um, <laughs> No, definitely. I love the fact that I can think about on a climb at the end of the day, getting up and getting down or getting to like a rad camp spot, getting a fire going or not, or just balling up in a very defeated position in your tent and lighting and creating this hot magical moment for yourself. Take that away from me. No. So, and then I just imagine like, as I'm just thriving in my vestibule of glory now with my new food that I've made with my stove, I can only imagine, you know, getting into some cold top ramen. I, you know, a small part of me inside laughs. I love how passionate you are about this one. <laughs> so all day, all day. And I, all day, that's silly. That's a silly question. You know, I have a different perspective. Mm. Okay. Well, I cold soaked in the desert on the PCT. Okay. <sighs> the good thing about cold soaking is time. You save a ton of time. However, however, in the Sierra, I switched over to a stove and I don't think I'm going to go back. <laughs> so, but, but I see, I see the draw of cold, the cold soak. If you're going for time, if you don't have a ton of time, um, I think it kind of makes sense. And I actually started to kind of enjoy it crazily enough. You mean all I hear is that you started to go a little mad. <laughs> all I hear is that. Okay. You started, all right. You know, what? you know what? That's what you hear. That's not what I said, but okay. Started, started <laughs> to turn there, but I'm glad you're back. Yeah. I, I am in the stove camp these days. Glad. Who I'm knows? Glad. It might, it might switch back again. We'll see, but it shouldn't. I don't think you could ever go back back like that. I'll keep you updated. Do, do, do that do that and i'll <laughs> i'll be 
concerned for you when it, if it happens. No, you'll be laughing at me, I'm sure. Well, you'll just come back to the hot side again at some point. And I might we'll go back be, and forth. We'll reunite know. and be like, oh, I told you. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm back. We'll, be <laughs> we'll see. So yeah, I will keep you posted on that situation. Definitely. All right. Now we're getting into the bulk of the interview. 10 questions. I um, asked the same questions to all of the experienced hikers. So the purpose of that is, especially for new hikers, it's great because they can kind of compare and contrast people's answers. So first question. Do you have, well, okay, we know your trail name is Booney. How did you get that trail name? Um, I got the trail name Booney because when I started, I wore uh, a military hat uh, and it's called a Booney cover. It's well, and so it got out that that was called a Booney cover and I was in the Boonies and it was like, you're like Booney. And I was I blah 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 just kind of caught on and, and rolled and so on and so forth. And so boom, from then on it was it was Booney. Nice. It has a ring to it. And I didn't realize that's what the those hats were called. It's so like the the flat build ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Not like the yeah. Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about. It goes all the way around. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay, those are called a Booney. Good to know. It's called a Booney cover. Nice. Okay, yeah. question number two. What drew you to long distance hiking? <laughs> uh, uh, homelessness. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, let's see. I had my eye on the PCT for a few years before it actually went down. I have an interesting relationship with it. Uh, I like, I'm an alcoholic uh, in recovery or whatever. And um, I always had this grand vision that I would just run to the PC as soon as I found out about it I was I was going to run to the PCT and like hike it and and get sober along the way um that's ridiculous um so anyways I've gone out and I've tried like lasted a day went out in like jeans I had no idea about it I didn't do any real research I just knew it existed and it's just an hour and a half away you know really so um, a couple failed attempts at that, I realized that I should probably look into it properly. Um, furthermore, with getting my life together, um, I was, I pulled it together and I really wanted to do something in 2020 to, for PTSD for combat uh, veterans and PTSD and suicide prevention stuff. And that was the, the purpose of the hike. That was going to be, I was going to promote it, um, join forces with a couple of nonprofits that I had been in, in conversation with. And it was going to be kind of a thing. That was the original uh, plan for it. So that's how I, that's how my relationship with it started. That's how I, I knew about it. It's, it's a complex one with the PCT and I, it, it, it goes, it runs a little deeper than just a cool idea that uh, I, I want to do or, or whatnot. So, and then again, I pulled this together finally and that's what drew me to it is, is, and, and of course the challenge, the thing, but ultimately that didn't happen with COVID and things like that. And so it really became uh, all about myself and what drew me to it had a lot to do with all of those things that how I like, I guess the, the whole PTSD suicide prevention movement with it, um, it taught me a ton about it regardless. So it was, it was a magical, magical thing. So a lot has drawn me to it over the years. Yeah, that's um, 
That's great. I know a lot of people go to the PCT or do like a long distance hike or a pilgrimage, if they want to call it that for sure. healing, whatever it may be, maybe it's alcoholism, maybe it's death of a loved one, yeah. maybe it's a divorce. Um, so yeah, you're in good company because yeah, there's a lot there's of healing a that happens on the trail. That's a beautiful experience. I think anything that you could do that will ultimately not even give you allow an option not to become closer with yourself like anyone that does that tell me that you don't become so much closer with your with yourself like it's it's an impossible thing so i knew that i needed something like that and that was also alluring yeah yeah and we're going to get into kind of what the greatest lesson you learned yeah. was so we'll get to that because i'm very interested to hear about <laughs> that in your journey yeah um, but for the purposes of moving on let's move on <laughs> um Question number three. Mm. This is okay. We're going. We're getting into gear. We're going to okay. go deep if you want to. So All this right. is kind of a twofold. <clears throat> excuse me, twofold question. What were your favorite and least favorite pieces of gear? So both. And then, are you going to make any changes for future hikes? Mm. Favorite piece of gear. Oh, I guess the most helpful favorite piece of gear is the duplex. I'm not a Z-Pax fan uh, overall in general, but I'll tell you what, the duplex, it's the only tent I'll ever use ever three season ever. There's not another one out there. As far as I'm concerned, it's expensive. Just get the duplex and figure it out too. It's kind of one you have to learn. It's different on different pitches. There's little nicks and knacks and tricks that you'll learn over time on, on using it. But that was a, that's the best tent out there, I think. And then the other favorite piece of gear, dang, I wish I had it. It's this <laughs> tiny little Swiss army knife. It's like a two inch one. I'm telling you, my buddy, uh, Kager turned me on to this little, he's like, bro, get one. It's like, you'll use it every day. And like, I, and you'll, I don't need any other sharp cutting knife thing at all. You don't need it. This little two inch Swiss army knife thing did it all. Nice. What about least favorite pieces of gear? Least probably gators. Probably gators. I don't know. I was so adamant on having them originally. And I think you kind of they might be useful in the desert section in the first part of it. Like in that, but they're only good in certain parts of trail. And like I just found I one, I hate putting on socks. I hate putting on socks. It's the most ugh, it's disgusting first and foremost. <laughs> I just boring out of bend over. I despise putting on socks. And it's just like, it's just like another sock. It's like another sock thing, another sock item. And I was just like, well, you'd lose one. Like it was stupid. Thing. I don't even need uh So I'd say gators. I would, I threw my gators away. That's so funny. I did too. Um, yeah. I started in the desert with my gators and am I like the way I walk, I kick kind of like, I kick my feet. I, do I don't know. And I so do I was the same thing, but a little higher. What was that? I do the same thing, but my heels click above my heels. So you say like you click heels. I, it's weird. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Well, I kind of clicked, I guess maybe a little bit above my heels too. Cause I got these gaping holes after like a hundred miles in my oh, gators. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I was I like, why this, do we yeah. even have these? So I, I ended up ditching them. Yeah. And I really rarely got things in my shoes to the point where, I mean, you did for sure, whatever, but it, it wasn't worth having 
to keep track of it. Uh, yeah. So I chucked the Gators. I would say that was my least. I also think I thought they looked cool at the time. Like I was really excited to wear them. I was like, oh, I know what he's doing. You know, he's got Gators on. Uh, and yeah, they were kind of useless for me. Yeah. But some I was people excited. swear by them. Some people were like, I'll never, I'll never leave the house without my Gators on. <laughs> right. I hacked with a lot of people who uh, all the way through wore their one pair of gators. I was like, how, how do you guys do this? Um, but yeah, I, I ended up ditching mine and then I didn't notice much more like dirt or whatever, getting into my shoes. That's there wasn't a big difference. So That's, yeah, we're in the yeah. same camp there. We can agree on that. that. We can't yeah. agree on cold soaking, but <laughs> we can agree on that one. Okay. So any changes for future hikes? I know you're planning the CDT. So yeah. are you make, are you swapping any, any of your gear out for this endeavor? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I swapped out packs on the CDT. I had the Z-Pax Arc Blast 55. That thing fell apart on me. Um, and then I got the Hyperlite. It's such... It's yeah. So I have that again, the duplex, pff, not going to, not going to change that. Never. No. And then I have the uh, ketabatic quilt. So it doesn't seem as though I need to change. No, nah, I make everything work great. I think I'm pretty set. The only thing I would do is if there was a particular, but I, I don't believe we plan on doing any of this. If there was like an Oregon section where you wanted to speed it out and you wanted to do the challenge at then I may do something where I would depending on the weather, I would send my tent, I would put everything with, with the tent and send things forward and just cowboy and haul. And even maybe, maybe even my stove, if I was going to do that. Yeah. Right. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners no could way. not see my face for that one, no but I knew way. he was kidding. <laughs> um, no. And so then that's the only way I think I would change. That's my main, it works for so many scenarios. I don't see a reason to, I, I think I figured out my, my system. I also believe that's what through hiking is about is just developing your systems and what makes you more comfortable and what you can deal with versus what you don't, what you don't like to. And you kind of get to figure all that out. And that changes a lot. At least it changed for me uh, along the course of the PCT. So I believe I have that dialed in. I don't think there's going to be anything, any big changes for me on that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So this is also a twofold question. So question number four, what was your favorite and your worst memory from trail? My favorite memory from trail. I mean, it's pretty cliche, but I think like the, the Kennedy Meadows South Whitney experience was really cool. Uh, you know, you watch all these videos and like, you're so psyched on it. And 2020 was such a unique experience and there's, so few people out to get there and to get like you kind of get a vibe like a bunch of hikers start showing up it was the most hikers i had personally seen throughout the whole time and to 
pump out of it, all nervous, climb Whitney, climb down. Like that was just, when that was over, that was probably one of the greatest series of experiences, I think. And it really just lit the floor for the Sierras and it was pretty rad. So I would say that was probably the best. The worst was finishing. And not because of like, oh, like it's over because I had imagined the finish line being this grandiose, beautiful experience. Like part the pines, like the sun's coming in on the terminus. It's beautiful. Um, you know, sound the choir, like that kind of thing. I was in so much pain. My back three days prior in Stahican or for going into Stahican, I think my back had just ceased up and it was so much, I was in so much pain uh, the morning of, like I couldn't even put on my shoes. I was like literally in tears. Uh, there was one day I couldn't put on my socks. It, um, so I just, I had blisters all over my, I couldn't put on my, it was terrible. So I, if the terminus wasn't two days away, you know, it was, there was like a hundred miles when it got really bad. Um, but if it wasn't the finish, I would have definitely gotten off and I would have gotten off in theory to rest and come back. But once I finished, and so I had this injury, I finished, I was in pain. I was like, this is really cool to be there. <laughs> uh, let's go. Cause we had 30 miles to go back. So I was just like, this is great. I just really want to go i want to go get to camp so i can lay down and not be in pain yeah and so you had to go 30 miles back and then you know a two-day car ride so i was in just a ton of pain and i didn't get better to where i could even walk comfortably for about a month and a half so if it wasn't the finish line and i would have got i would have not finished the pct it was pretty wild the timing of it but i think the worst memory is that i thought that the finish was going to be so neat that and ultimately the reality of it was I I showed up there quite broken and you know just in the utmost pain I was on a nine on the scale on the pain scale it sucked <laughs> so I think that you know kind of ironically would, would be the worst I thought it was gonna be way different mm, yeah pain has a way of masking any joy even if you hit the northern terminus it certainly dilutes it man yeah even if you walk across the country it will all i wanted to do is to have it go away and just not ugh, it was terrible so so did you do anything in particular to make that hot like was there yeah, anything I that think you did so. i think well first off so i have i blew my knee out in college so my knee was bothering me. I think the back was a compensation, but I was also a huge, are we allowed to swear on here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can be yourself. I was, huge, I was a huge asshole. So I never stretched. I didn't do any of it. And I didn't even thought to myself at, at one point, well, like you might as well not start stretching now because you haven't already and you might mess it up by starting to stretch. I was like, it seems logical, bud. Like, let's just go then, you know? uh very foolish and that's why i was talking about earlier about preventative things i do believe that that's like the severity of what happened was super preventable but so i think that started off 
something along those lines. And I do have disc issues. And then I just think that the whole back, the, the, the lumbar section, all those little tiny muscles just ceased up and then they continue to cease because I didn't stop. And then when you go in to Stahican, it's downhill. You look yes. downhill, you got to catch a bus. So we, we were actually planning on just not being so concerned on catching this four o'clock bus. If it's like four o'clock, that'd be funny. That's a pretty good memory. Um, <laughs> we didn't catch this like four o'clock bus, but we didn't plan on it. So we we're going to go there, camp, catch the morning one in. And we were like, dude, we could make it. We we're like, we could make it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and it was downhill. So like, well, it was cool. And so we ran. And I think the change of it being uphill from downhill, the pace, um, the knee all played a factor into the severity because I woke up the next morning from sleeping on like a soft bed, I think helped a little bit. And I was just like, damn, bro, like I'm, I'm concerned. Like there's a, I'm raising a flag now. Like this is not, and that's what I think kind of did it. I think it was a perfect storm, but I shouldn't have ran. That was dumb. We did catch a bus. It was cool. I don't know. I made it. So you made it. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that is, you know, I guess needless to say, stretching could have helped prevent that Stress. situation. I stressed, oh, when I was even, the funniest thing is that when my back was, I couldn't even stretch. I couldn't move into a position to stretch it out. It was really bizarre. So as soon as I go to want to stretch, I couldn't, I couldn't even, it was really weird. So no, your boy is stretching every day now. Yeah. <laughs> CDT, no, watch stretching. out. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm stretching. I got routines now. Yeah. I got routines. No back pain on the CDT. It's a concern. So I I stretch. Yep. Very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like injury is tough because sometimes, like what you were saying, your knee could have been the root cause of this. But where there's pain, sometimes it's hard to know where the root cause is. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's a lot of the times overlooked as far as like, I had this little small injury here as like a, something as small as a blister on the left side. And then all, all of a sudden your middle of your back starts hurting and it's, you don't realize they're wildly connected in your whole body. And, and so it's that, yeah, that's why I think an overall preventative little routine. And I, I remember seeing them, like stretch, but do, do, do. I think a lot of those are cheesy. I wouldn't like, those are dumb, honestly, but you find a personal thing that works. And I think that with, if you don't, you can't, what you do is you veto yourself from, from being mad. How could you get mad at yourself from having a muscular injury? If you forego stretching, you know, and things yeah. like that. And plus I'm getting old. <laughs> so that you don't look old. It's a factor. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's getting old I guess Plus, I have you know? to do all these things to try to keep up so right yeah I had an experience somewhat I mean not that much pain but on the PCT early on I was getting really bad shin splints to the point where I thought <sighs> I had a fracture because I could barely walk and I was like what is going on so luckily somebody I was hiking around was like hey I've had this issue before your calf muscles too tight and mm. I was like I would have never thought like that right. would be the root cause so luckily she told me that and then I was very adamant like every hour I was stopping to roll out my calf with my trekking pole mm -hmm. um doing stretches it's gone within two weeks 
Nice. So it's just so important. I love what you're saying about, you know, the knee back situation because yeah. there, you know, a lot of times when you have pain, there is a root cause somewhere else. So you have to figure that out. Right. So it's important to do, I went on like YouTube and stuff too, but luckily I had this friend who I was like hiking around that told me. So yeah, very it's important. True. Definitely. There's a yin and a yang and a yes. front and a back and a pull and a tug on, on each direction when you use your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're it's logical to think that they would be, you know, affected to some extent. Right. Like other, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This, I guess this question is a little bit different than the previous question I asked. So number five, the scariest moment for you on trail. Scariest moment. Mm. I had a couple, I had a couple mm. scary moments. One scary moment was, I believe it was around Walker Pass. It was just a, a steep part and a, there was a, a tree and a down tree over the trail. And it was just one of those parts where it was down in a really good spot as far as there's like, it was sloped. There was nothing. You're falling to your probably death or for sure serious injury. Uh, and I was wearing, it was during the time of years early uh early april so it was during that time where it was like hot cold hot cold you're doing a lot of temperature changes if it's like during the morning times and so i had my my wind jacket open and so it was it was flimsy with the wind right and this tree had a branch and it was during the end of the day so i was tired right and dang if this is not a good I know this is the last time I did this too. I was tired. And so a safer way to go about this tree would be to, you know, get rid of my tracking pole, put them away, climb over it, like all safely and maybe even climb under it or climb. I could have, I could have went up, but I, I'm lazy. I'm tired. It's at the end of the day. And that 10 yards up seemed like too much. I'll take the risk, you know? And so it was fine. And there was a branch that was coming off that I could grab onto, but like, don't put all your weight on this branch because it could snap. And I knew that. So I didn't, but also for me, since my jacket was open, if that branch were to get caught on it, I would get caught on it and I would go down for sure. Like it would just interrupt my flow. I would fall to my ultimate death anyways. And so I go, I jump on. And it basically, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to clear it, but it, it gets caught. I get caught. I think I'm going down for sure. I flail my trekking poles like a fool that I had them in my hand as I'm trying to climb over this thing as well. And it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I throw them. I realize that my last, like, it's either I'm going down or this is my only hope is to, like, have this heaving, like, Matrix-style Keanu Reeves, like, <laughs> pull over anyways and so as I get caught I'm able to like jump so it doesn't go into it it goes up and over this branch that was sticking out I fall like my trekking pole almost tumbles down it was just super embarrassing I got this huge cut Um, but I literally thought I was I was going over it was also wet it was just stupid so just be careful when you're tired I guess on that one Mm. but that was really scary I really thought I was going down I like saw the over, I saw, I saw the depths, I saw down there. Um, 
Yeah, what was the other part of the question? Well, actually, there? I have a little follow-up. Did anybody witness it. this matrix maneuver you did? No. The oh. aftermath of it, the aftermath, because I ripped my jacket and I was all cut up, but no. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Nothing cool. You were saying you had another maybe couple um, scary moments. I don't know if you want to share that or not. Or we there was fun, one but... other scary one. I can't, I can't remember. If I remember it, I'll... Okay. Yeah. I'm back in. Maybe there another definitely interview. Two, though. There's definitely two. Okay. So it'll come to me. Yeah. That was a good one though. That would be very scary. It was, but it was really because uh, I was just dumb, you know, and tired, tired and tired. So foolish. Just go up. It was so, it was very avoidable. If mm-hmm. that would have been very shitty, if that's how I went out and it was like, you're telling me to slip on that tree. Like you didn't yeah. go up it or like mm-hmm. lame. Well, luckily you did the matrix thing. I did. Keanu Reeves. I, <laughs> Saved I, you. <laughs> I, I called on my inner Keanu Reeves and I was nice. out of there. Nice. You yep. made it. Crisis averted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Now we're getting into food. Mm. Love to talk about food. Okay. Um, so question six, where and what was your best town meal? Best town meal. I would... Mm, there's so many actually no it's a tough question and then there's like do you just are we going burgers pizzas actual meals of food hmm. what comes first to your mind when you when say you like best town meal see that's the thing too i think the best town meal is also about like what did did you have like a little hiccup going into town is you know was that like the whole story of getting to the town it's like the experience of the town food or the the so for me, we had a rough time getting into Paradise Cafe. So when I ate there, and it's kind of funny that it's in the backyard, it was the best. It really was like the best burger. And it was probably not really the best burger, but just getting there sucked. We walked, we couldn't get it hitched. We walked the whole way there, which is like a mile, which is nothing. Yeah. But uh, it was just so good. I saw a buddy that, uh, you know, we saw hiking with us. I was like, ah! And it was just a couple of things that like happened that make it really memorable. So the Paradise, and it was Paradise Cafe. I remember reading about that um, a, a ton as far as the early part of the PCT as well. So it was definitely, I, I'd say that it was really good. I went back, I've gone back since to eat mm-hmm. there. Yeah, we don't live far away. No, no. So I didn't actually go there and I'm what? upset about that. So I need to go. <laughs> well, I blew see. by that one. Let's go. Unfortunately. Um, okay, cool. Paradise. Oh, Paradise. I like cafe. That's great. Um, okay, more food talk. So, question seven: What's your favorite trail food? Like what you prepare on trail, using your we're stove? Talking, I'm assuming. Are we talking dinners here? Talking dinners? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anytime. Um. See, I break my. I don't cook during the day. Okay. So I only cook at night. Um. So I just break everything up. For, in my mind, in my hiking world, is dinners and, and days. Okay. Uh, so what do I like to prepare or just like, what do I randomly? Just what's your fit? Like, what do you get so excited about preparing? Probably like one of my go-tos that has gotten me up some mountains is the nor, I like the garlic shells and I take pepperonis. And so I always, always got pepperonis and like the little, uh, bell cheeses. I take those because they, they keep really well. 
and I just cheese out like the Parmesan garlic shells with pepperoni and it's, and then you put it inside a tortilla and it's literally like, a, a, it's like eating a calzone. It's like oh. a pizza in there. And it is just the most fabulous. It's like a pizza burrito. It's so good. And I get really excited about those. Um, especially if there's a fire you can make, you could, you could flame crunch mm. the, the tortilla. If you want to get real, real fancy, there's someone around you're trying to impress or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. It's so good. I would, I would eat it, uh, off trail if it didn't have like, you know, 1500 calories. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, my trail family member who I hiked like thousands of miles with her trail name was Calzone. So I have to make her <laughs> listen to this episode because yeah. she is going to be stoked on this. Yeah, that's so good. She can make her own on trail. Absolutely. She would always get Calzones in, in town. So that's how she got her the name. The thing but... is, is we had a buddy, his name is High Stakes. Such a funny story. He smoked a ton of weed and he uh-huh. lost his, his tent stakes when he was really stoned. And so he got the name High Stakes. Hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but he would bring out, no kidding, uh, jars of, of tomato sauce, like pasta sauce. He swore by it and he put it and he cold soaked as well. So he would do cold soaked noodles and then he'd make like, uh, like spaghetti all the time. Wow. He swore mm-hmm. by it. So, but he would put the pasta sauce in a Gatorade bottle instead of like the glass, you know, pretty funny, but nice. it. you can, you can get, you can calzone out there if you need totally i'm so excited to that's hilarious have her listen to this <laughs> we're gonna try it okay question number eight what was the nicest thing someone did for you on trail or in town oh my goodness there's too many it's uh, so hard to pick i know I but maybe just the top one. two or whatever um huh. nicest one of the brand one of those random things that was pretty nice uh, in tehachapi we were catching the bus from the freeway in or whatever. And we were just, sit- we were sitting there. I was even making food waiting for the bus and it was a long day and it sucked. And it was starting to like get pretty cold. I don't know. And all of a sudden we're sitting there off the freeway and this car comes out of nowhere, just like very quickly. We're like, holy, like, like that was way too bad. <laughs> like, like, like the FBI, cause it's like this Cadillac. We're like, Oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. I don't think, you know. Uh anyways, this guy gets out, he runs to the front of the car, and like we're just sitting there, eyes like and jaw to the floor, like holy, like what is going on? And he just starts whipping out his wankus and he starts peeing. <gasps> he didn't actually start peeing, that was for dramatic effect. But oh, okay. he, he just had to go to the bathroom. He's had to pee. And right then he, where you he, guys he, were? He, he sees us, we're like probably. 15 to 10 10 15 yards away he doesn't see us and so he goes and runs around the front car he goes to pee i'm like hey and he like but he turns and he's like oh shit sorry man you know and it's just like this guy's super like i kind of thought he was on something but i wanted to ride so after he peed he offered us a ride and uh he drove us like 30 minutes into town it was pretty sweet nice so it was super weird and it was very very nice did not expect that yeah, it's like from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Not weird, but then it was okay. I was gonna, my life was at risk, and then I thought I was going to get peed on, and then <laughs> I got a ride from the same man. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Times are weird. Times uh, are weird. 
So let's see the I will give a shout out to the limit situation folks. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Have you heard? I have. Uh, yeah, I don't know too much about them, but I know I know super of them. man. Do they will they make your day? Will they make your day? Uh we were I forget where it was, but we had ran into them twice. Um but the second time they had I mean it was just the food was amazing. The the folks, the 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 couple that run, or the married folks that run it, are just the nicest people. There's the best food, and they're just genuinely stoked to help out through hikers. And I think just the immense and there's so many people. I wish I had a, like a list of all the people I could thank. And um, but those those people do a ton for through hikers, and they really love it. And they're the amount of niceness that like comes from them is pretty profound. So they're cool. And, and yeah, they've done a couple of things along the trail uh, for me and just a ton of people, not even me, really. I was just along for the ride. So yeah, I don't know, just crazy rides. Um, another hiker during the beginning, it was really, there's two storm systems that came in. And it was really, really wet April and a random through hiker. We were walking, it was day seven. So I'm still like, I have no idea what's going on. I just met uh, these other two people. And all of a sudden this guy comes, he's like, hey, you guys PCT hikers? And we thought we were gonna get like yelled at because of COVID, like, eh, gotta stay out of my town. But no, it was never like that. But he's like, all right, I'm going up to Acton. And it was just a random through hiker that rented a car that was jumping up from Warner Springs or yeah, from Warner Springs all the way up to Acton to, to bypass the storms. A long story. That's a whole nother one, but okay. a random hiker just pulling over to other hikers and he offered us to drive his 400 miles or 333 trail miles and like 400 something on, on the, yeah, crazy. So that was really nice. Cause other than like that, we, we ended up taking him up on that. We all got into some random car and drove 330 some odd miles. Wow crazy but that was super nice that he was like hey i rented a car because he had information that we didn't have as well because he had been in town about a storm. super nice didn't have to do that nice very kind there's so much niceness out there it's- i know this is a tough question because i mean i have a hard time thinking about my own because there were so many times so many times where yeah. people were just kind and they didn't need to be they didn't need to be nice to me they don't even know who i am i'm a stinky yeah. hiker and yeah. there's just, you know, my faith in humanity was restored. Let's just say that. I got back and it was quickly taken again. But oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. <laughs> Every time I get back from like a long hike, like somebody will back into me and drive away or, you know, like that literally happened to me actually. Yeah. So it's just like right after I get off trail, <laughs> yeah. but going back on trail definitely restores the humanity. I think. Yeah. There's, there's some cool, some cool stuff that you don't get to see very often happens out there. Yeah. So you mentioned the limit situation. Is this, and I'm surprised I don't know more about it. I need to research this more, but is this like a, tr- um, a trail angel situation? Yeah, or? exactly. Okay. So okay. Husband and wife. Okay, cool. And yeah. I need to look into that more. Yeah. I can't you should, believe I don't know. Yeah. Um, they, I, I, I couldn't tell, I hesitate to tell like their story. I don't even know. I don't know. Well, to, to my knowledge, oh. they met and kind of found out about the PCT and what people do and just thought that it was really, really neat. And like, wow, how could we kind of want to help out? 
and they were doing something else and then they were just like well let's just let's do this and they kind of i mean I, obviously they do other things but this is like a major thing that they do during season uh and it's solely out of the kindness of their heart to help they just like to do it and it's i mean it's kind of kind of baffling how much they enjoy it. like i love it it's gonna help out a ton of other people uh but yeah, they're, they're pretty, it was a really cool experience and to be able to do it and then to hear other people like, Oh, we did like, they just, they're just psyching up a bunch of people and it's really cool. Really neat. That's awesome. I wonder, I'll check out if I'm not sure if they have a website or whatever, but if there's a way to donate, I could always um, put that information in the show notes for this episode. So I'll, I'll check that out. Maybe there Definitely. is, I'm not sure, but um, we'll yeah. out. show notes. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Question nine what was the greatest lesson you learned while hiking? That question. <laughs> oh, geez. This could get cheesy real quick, yeah, but that's okay. The greatest lesson. Hmm. Um, I don't even think I've learned it yet. I'll tell mm. you that right away. Um, immediately what I can tell you, yeah, I mean, there's no other way around it, but to be pretty cheesy. I was able to achieve everything I was everything I attempted to as far as that I would I wanted the PCT to give me I set off on the PCT with an intention um that's I think the difference for me and I know a ton of people do it I'm not saying it's that but for me I like it's not like I just wanted to do it or I wanted to see if I could do it or you know I you know I the intention was to become closer with myself as we were talking and to learn um and i'm kind of buddhist in my philosophies so i believe that the closer that you are to yourself that's the quickest way to end a lot of suffering um that that's self that self-caused um so in that regard that happened so the great i think the greatest lesson uh immediately would be that if you that i if i can set I have the ability to set an attention, carry something all the way through and have that intention be fulfilled. And so that lesson overall, I can take into to anything, obviously on a much smaller scale and be able to be successful with it. On like the big scheme of things, I, I, I don't know. Cause as soon as you, I don't know, to define really like to define it, I think would be to restrict it as well. So I think, the lesson is, is yet to truly be revealed. Mm, yeah. Now I know this is probably kind of intertwined with you, with what you just said, but, um, you know, you had some healing to do. Is, do, you, do you feel like you, you healed in some way as well on the trail? I did. And the thing is, it's ironic is I had, you know, <laughs> um, definitely have a culmination of like PTSD from, from, mm from military and, and Afghanistan and, and different things like that. And everyone has their, their traumas and it, not, one's not better than the other. And there's no way like everyone has trauma. So it was really interesting for me. Like when I, mine occurs like a lot, the racing starts, I got a lot like sleep is huge for me. I have a really hard time sleeping, um, you know, nightmares and things like that, which, I'm like, I'm fine with all of it today, but I wanted to get some closure for sure. Mm. 
Um, so I think the interesting part is I wanted that, but the funny parts were like when I started terrified, right? Super terrified. I didn't download anything. I just didn't, I just didn't think about it. I didn't download anything to listen to. I didn't download one single movie. And so here I am like super scared. I have all these things that I'm thinking like, what is this for? Well, I'm not here, you know, like answering myself big questions and I'm just freaking out. And I go to like, listen to music, like all of a sudden service goes out, you know, I'm like, Oh, it'll come back. I just didn't think about it. And so crap. I'm like, I, I don't have any. So that was funny. Nothing, nothing to, to, to watch. So at night, guess who was just alone with themselves? I was, you know, and so, and it was really, really funny. And the irony continues. I finally go to get to a place where I can download. There's like three days, Julian, uh, I download stuff. I'm like, man, this is going to, and so those three days though, mind you, very challenging. Uh, I was like, how I'm not going to be able to do this. I was thinking of ways to like, I'm like, I'm gonna have to fake an injury. I'm gonna have to fake an injury. How am I going to get out of here? Uh, and so, yeah, it was pretty funny. But so I go download everything. Day one back in, headphones break. Here we go. Can't, you know, I'm just stuck with me and my thoughts again for another trek. And it was really funny as soon. But what that did was that was, it was almost like a forced exposure to, to myself. Because even at home, you could turn on Netflix. You can turn on TV. There's constant ways to distract to the point at least for me i could disguise distraction as as dealing with something per, per se or as progress or you know it, it's not it's an illusion so when you take away everything and you're stuck there bare-boned exhausted by yourself it truly like you truly i was able to take a good look at a lot of things a lot of holes a lot of gaps and i was able to realize that they were there and then i think during that time was probably the tough, toughest mentally for me. And then as soon as I realized I could do that and I was able to visit that space, I would, I'd even, I would elect to go there and I would, I would not use working headphones. And it's funny, everything as far as that had shifted, um, you know, by the end, I loved walking with nothing. Uh, I would have, yeah, it was really interesting. Again, it was constantly changing. So it was, it was, absolutely everything was was by far met and exceeded mm, yeah I, I have some people I'm I was close to with PTSD and they were in the military too it's really tough tough battle um yeah. so commendable that um you decided to maybe take some of these things on by I mean it seemed like the trail kind of provided that for you too like oh you want to listen to headphones nope those it are had broken my card, dude. <laughs> it had my number the whole time yeah hilarious it was really funny. And it wasn't even, it wasn't the last time either. Like super funny. I went through about like six, seven pairs of headphones, but that's another, wow. I'm terrible, dude. <laughs> so that's interesting. What hat, like, do you just lose them or oh, different things happen? Cause I was oh. trying to find my system. I was trying oh. to find my system. So I, in the beginning I had cord, I cord one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, I, I hate the cord. I hate it. So I, Chuck, I got rid of the cord one and that was like two of them probably because I broke one. I lost one. So yeah, like two cord ones. And I, I went, I went Bluetooth. Boy went wireless. 
that's neat and stuff, but it's gonna die. You're gonna charge it, you're gonna, like it doesn't charge, and then it's like something else you gotta charge at night. And so I learned that I don't. That, that's another thing I learned. I charge you know, little few things possible to have to charge. Um, or but like when I got the Bluetooth one, I would like lose the left one, so the right one wouldn't work. Or like one time I got like where the right one was cool because I lost the left one, but like the right one ran the show, so I could still get a handful of miles out of the just the right one. Uh, I had literally this one's funny. I when the right one was the boss, the left one, so it fell out of my ear and I felt it and it just, I saw it go down the mountain and I could have got it. I could have like took off my pack. And it was like 15. I saw it miraculously saw where it was, this little earbud. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm tired. Fuck that. I'm not doing that and climbing back out. And like, I'm thirsty, like, no. And plus the right one controls the show. We're good don't really need the left one anyways so i'm like sweet and you know how you put them in the case and that's how they charge well i go to put the the, the charging thing into the into my waistband little pocket and i miss it and the funny thing is in stride i it hits my leg i in stride kick it like just <sighs> boom i boot it off the side of the mountain I just watched it like it was a solid kick as if I, I practiced this move and it was flying. I'm just like, oh man. I'm like, well, at least I got the right one. I'm just trying to stay positive here. There's been a series of very unfortunate events. I'm like, at least I got the right one to, to, to fly me into camp. Literally like a humorous 50 yards later, you know, diddling, you are about to die. Like low power mode. And I'm like, oh so that was pretty funny mm. so you got the matrix moves you got the soccer kick you got all the moves yeah <laughs> on purpose and on accident and right easy. right yeah. exactly mm. yeah i i went with i had one pair of headphones the whole time however wow. however yeah. and it was like you know the ones with the wires um i'd only put one ear bud in at a time just because i wanted to hear what was going on but um i had the same type of thing where like one would stop working so i just went with the other one and then like near the end of my track i had to like put the cord in a certain way so i could actually like still listen yeah yeah you got a certain angle so ghetto yeah, yeah you gotta get the connected you gotta get the right cool. It's just so like there's dirt everywhere. Like it's just, you know, thousands of miles down oh, the road. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I the believe. headphone thing is funny. I literally went through like six pairs. Mm. I lost a lot of things out there though. The Bluetooth, I think, would be so easy to lose because there's no cord holding them on. Yeah. They you know, are. and then like you get sweaty, it'll, you know, come That's out. All, all those things happen. Yep. Yeah. So, I it took I me know. three, like three pairs of the Bluetooth to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> there was just no one good way to do it right and so literally it's kind of funny too and i found this happens often when you try to like change different little systems a lot of times you circle back right back to where you started uh-huh yeah you know you kind of go <laughs> off and you figure it out you hang out in a couple of different little spaces for a while and then you just come right back home yep it's it's so that that happened a handful of times it was funny yeah nice okay last question question 10 do you have any advice for aspiring through hikers? Sure. <laughs> Definitely go. Definitely go. Just if I could say one thing, 
just go. Don't think about it anymore. Definitely go. That's what I would say. And then that's about it. Yeah. If you could watch all the videos. Uh, oh, here's, here's one thing. There's no other, there's no better video or no better piece of information that you could find other than going out and, and giving it a practice. So if you have, you know, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. Just go out, go out and play and practice, figure out your systems, figure out what, and the, the thing that you really learn about your stuff is when things go poorly, like when things go wrong or there's an element, there's an extra like weather, wind, rain, or when you have something fail, what, like the only way to gain the knowledge and to feel comfortable in these situations is to go out and, and to play in it a little bit. So if you're like me, I hadn't even gone camping in like four years, who knows? I set up my duplex, which is funny, like two times in my living room, which doesn't even count. I didn't know how to set it up. I did not know how to set it up and it cost me. It cost me big time. Uh, so know your gear, know the gear that you have. That's yeah, I would say that. So go out, like do what you say you're going to do, you know, that you're, what you're going to do for six months, go out and do that and know your gear really well. Like, that's what I would say. Know your gear really well. Mm, those are great. And it's simple too. go first right. does go Just use Just it, go, go and then yeah, yeah. 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 interesting you didn't do shakedown hikes you, you I, just like went for it i did not do one thing it was foolish really i brought so much i was your classic definitely brought some dumb shit like, <laughs> yeah. so dumb uh yeah yeah but oh that i actually forgot one of the questions i wanted to ask you it was like a follow-up question so you mentioned that you had some ridiculous things you brought oh, you know yeah. when we were talking about like ul or don't care what are some of the ridiculous things you you brought with you <laughs> so one of the things that's really stupid is i brought like a like a legit tarp like a tarp which you think is not a bad bring you could lay it out uh I'm not sure what I was thinking I was going to use it for. Um, I don't really know. It was just, you know, felt good to have a tarp. I don't know. You never saw, it was silly and it was heavy. And it was just a tarp that was hung on my bag and I'd grown to hate that. Uh, really stupid. What else did I bring? Oh gosh. I brought an extra water system. So I had the, the, Sawyer squeeze? I had the Sawyer, of course, which is, and then the Katahdin one. Oh. So I had both of those bad boys in case one went down. I was cool. So stupid. Um, <laughs> I had like five liters of water that I would, I would insist on keeping full. I like, you know what? You weren't going to catch me. Dehydration. Like, no way. Because <laughs> I'd carry water with me everywhere. Uh, that was foolish. Um. I mean, geez, I could probably sit down and find some more stuff, but definitely a tarp, a full tarp and a tent. Like that was stupid. Um, a bunch of clothes, extra, my, my, my wardrobe for the first week was ridiculous. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. You just don't really realize like you don't need so much. And then what's really interesting is, is that when you are forced in a situation, say something fails, 
it's a good example of this. I don't know. Like, well, for like instance, piece of gear. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I just don't have a good one. I don't know. I lose this battle. <laughs> I lose. That's okay. Yeah, but I'll have to think of something and bring it back to you. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I know a lot of people do mention bringing tarps. So you're not the only person who's and done like this my, before. My first aid kit was like that. Like I was a combat medic, so my, mm. I could have, you know, I was, but it's so silly. Like, here's a good bit of advice is that whatever your backup things are, right? You got to get some, some fairy type things, or even in your head as you pack or as you buy a piece of gear, if things go like, they're not going to be wrong or you're not going to be without something for very many days, like at most, you know, say something goes bad, you'd have a, it'd be an unfortunate time if you're going out and you have it on the first day. Right. But it probably won't, it probably won't have it on the first day. And you kind of play with odds here, but ultimately you're only going to have a few days realistically to deal with or to handle any kind of, of malfunction or whatever. And like, there's people out there that could also assist. So for me to bring like two water systems, stupid, right? That's really dumb. Somebody could also help. Uh, just the whole thought kind of, the whole, my thought process and those things change along the way. Right. As do, I mean, many hikers thought processes. Yeah, I, I mean, bringing two water filters. Okay. That makes sense because what if one, you know, doesn't work anymore. Serious I drop thing. it down the mountain. That's the most serious. You need but water. You need, need water. You just need two. If you have two of anything, it should be water filters, right? I think so. I mean, makes sense. It but does. Then, Super But logic. then experiencing the trail, there's going to be somebody coming up behind you who has a water filter. Yeah. You don't need so, like two of everything right. you don't need an extensive yeah. first aid kit like yeah uh yeah you're not going this alone i mean on the pct or not no so um which kind of actually brings me to a follow-up question to 2020 specifically um how do you think it was different than hiking in other years or what did you experience where it was maybe you thought different than hiking in other years. I know you mentioned in Kennedy Meadows, it's probably the most people you had seen on trail. Yeah. Right? So I'm guessing it just wasn't obviously as crowded on trail. Yeah. I mean, it was super, I think, and I obviously I've not hiked or been out uh, in previous years, mm -hmm. but I think it was one of the most unique hiking experiences that will probably ever happen, you know, that could probably won't happen again. And I think it's probably one of the most unique things that's happened in a really long time. Cause such a well-traveled trail, like the Pacific Crest Trail, especially in some sections were completely absent of people that where they would usually be completely populated and completely consumed with trash and, and folks and, you know, which is all fine. And it's, it's there for everyone to enjoy. And I encourage it. But to have it with like by yourself in some parts and just very few folks and these folks like you've grown to like really care about and you want to share such moments and such places with, man, that experience was so cool. It was so cool to be a little bit different than everything I've ever researched, all the things I saw uh, online, all the pictures, like everything was just, there was just and it's, I think we got so lucky that 
if you really kind of pulled the trigger and, and it was very scary too. everyone had, that's another thing everyone out there had a, an especially unique story on, on how they actually got there and ended there. And um, there's a whole nother element to kind of discuss and to talk about, but to experience those things and, and to know that they're going to be, you were going through kind of, in my mind, like this very unique experience. I found it, I found it made it just way better. I think it's, it's magnified all the, the highs and it's really made it special for me. Um, yeah, and it was more challenging though. The logistical stuff, the support wise, it was challenging. A lot of people were like, yeah, you couldn't know. And there's a ton of not knowing and there's already a ton of not knowing, but it really, there's really like not knowing. We didn't know what was going to be open. We thought like, you know, people were getting like turned around and like, it was bizarre times. Right. And then like, just like the rumor mill out there because no one yeah. really knows what's going on. No one has a clue. So, but with it all, what would the result of it was a very, was a very unique experience of this very magical trail that's been preserved. And it was like, there was just, it was just barren of people. And that's why most folks like the outdoors anyways, get away from the masses of people. And it was just really, really cool. Um, so I would take on the challenges to, to receive that result any day of the week. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything else to, to compare it to. Mm. And I know a lot of people were, all about this trail culture like that mm, they didn't right. think was going to yeah. exist and in my mind it totally existed and it was again even more special uh because it was unique and kind of like that it was intense it was because there's so few um but th uh, that could be a negative for some folks but again i don't have anything to compare it to so it's, in my world it, it was pretty cool yeah and i i i mean I hiked in 2019 mostly and, um, the desert, I always call the desert section a party because I like literally did not camp alone in the desert. I don't <laughs> think even one night. So, um, it's interesting, like in the desert section for you, the first 702 miles, were you camping alone a lot? So, so I, my, there was two people that we met, all three of us ended up hiking for a short time. One guy got off. Um, and then ended up getting back on, but he was always behind me. Skipper and I ended up hiking basically from Julian, basically the whole way to Kenny Minnow South. Hmm. Um, but we probably saw like six people to Tehachapi. Wow. Like, okay. well, this is actually, excuse me though. We skipped. So I jumped like 333 trail miles Okay. Um, from Warner Springs to Acton. And then I did Acton to Kennedy Meadows. And then I went from Kennedy Meadows all the way back down and covered those miles. And then I went back up to Kennedy Meadows. So okay. our, our route was different. So since we skipped together, we might, we, we were, we were together at that okay. point. Yeah. So her and I were, but her and I didn't camp with any, like we didn't, the opportunity wasn't even there. We would be, we wouldn't see hardly anyone. And then as soon as 
we started seeing people was when all the flipping started happening with those two storm systems that rolled in. Then we started people going like, oh, and that was the first time that there was a ton of interaction. Mm. Up until that point, I mean, like, you'd see some day people, but did not see another through hiker to the point where we were a little worried. Like, like yeah, what's I, happening? I'm not seeing, like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of uh, confusion. But again, like I said, as soon as we got to Canadian Meadows, that was the first were started to evolve into like this experience and more and more people started showing up and right. some people had gotten off and went home and were coming back some this one guy just got spit out that was scary oh we of the sierra yeah the first guy that went in got spit out oh my god this poor guy anyway because of a storm system or because he it was he was going to be the first guy in he was going right. to be a trailblazer yeah um is absolutely you couldn't quite go yet. He had like 60 pound pack snowshoes, the whole gamut, the whole deal. And he was like, it's just impossible to get through right now. Like, and he didn't want to do it by himself as well. And so he's like, everything, it just, plus he only had like worked out. We've calculated like past it. It would have been terrible for him to continue and go in. The people that ended up going through, but that was another thing that was really cool. I got to see the first guys that go in, the the, the Kiwi team, Dan and Ice-T, like all those guys were at Kennedy Meadows. Uh, when I got there, I had to go back and do those cover-up miles, but they went in and we got to see them off, which was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he got spit out. And the guys that ended up going in got 22 days worth of food. Oh. To get through because Bishop Independent, Lone Pines closed. Uh, and all the towns were closed. The roads, so they they thought they closed. were going to have to go all the way to Mammoth. Yep. So they wow. two fucking days. Yeah. Gnarly. Oof. But it was neat. Crazy. To, uh, it was neat. To, so, I mean, for me, I just feel like everything was so unique and cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an adventure. Yeah, it was rad. On that note, do you think we're done with the 10 questions that's supposed to like encompass your journey? Hmm. But is there anything you think I missed? that was pretty i feel like we covered it all okay covered most of it especially Great. with the little tangents i'm a talker we love tangents on this show that's like yeah. all we do <laughs> trust me thing, i think the only my one thing of advice that stood out that pops to mind is that when you're searching for gear look at the reviews as far as customer service is concerned if you go to take something back the return policies and how that experience has been for other people that's what i'll say mm -hmm. that's what i'll leave you with that grateful great bit of knowledge there thank you so much for that mm. <laughs> did you have a bad experience stuff. i saw it all go down around me i okay. hate customer okay. service or even calling so typically i'm a guy that will just buy a new one not really i won't buy it and that depends but if it's genuinely worn out due to genuine stuff, I'm not going to go and like try to get a new one or whatever and send it back. It's really nothing to do with me being a good person. It's me being, I I'm lazy and I don't want that. Like, I don't want to voluntarily enter that experience. I just don't for a free time or some shit that I'll feel kind of bad about anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank but. you for that. Great advice. Great advice. Mm. Booney has spoken. Dang. <laughs> You can sit down now. You can sit down now. <laughs> <laughs>
So um, in closing, where can people keep up with your adventures? I post most of my things on Instagram. It's Keith Kane official. Yep, that's it. Awesome. We'll put the link below in the show notes so um, uh, listeners can follow you there. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Booney. It's been great talking with you. Great advice, great adventure stories, and um, hope to have you on after you complete the CDT. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super stoked. I love what you're doing and I would be back in a heartbeat if you ask. So I will let you know. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Cool. Bye. Bye. All right. That's a wrap for today, but we hope to get Booney back on the podcast once he's completed the CDT and we look forward to his trail updates as he hikes north this year. And I have to give a shout out to my favorite quote of our discussion when he passionately was talking about using a stove at the end of the day and creating a hot magical moment for himself in his vestibule of glory. (laughs) That quote alone might have convinced me to never cold soak again, but I'll keep you all updated on that. If you'd like to keep up with Booney's adventures, you can take a look at the show notes. We have links to his trail team updates, his Instagram, and I also included a link to the Limit Situations Facebook page, which we discussed in the interview. And if you'd like to get involved with our community, you can start at our website. It's www.thruer.com. That's www.thru-r.com. And we have links to our social media, to our trail team. We have a Strava group that you can join to train for your upcoming through hike, if you're going to be doing that, and more. Thank you for listening. And until next time, happy hiking. Happy hiking.